Hey, my amazing listeners, you are in for such a treat today. I have interviewed Christy Thomas from Little Shoots Deep Roots, and she is all about discipling her kids, but with a bit of a twist, because instead of having a whole checklist, she is just using the concept of tiny habits and building on those to disciple her kids. If you are interested in discipling your kids and getting some tips to make it super achievable and realistic for any busy parent, keep on listening. Hey there, you're listening to Mama's Mission, a podcast that unpacks the mission of discipling your kids into a real and loving relationship with the Lord while doing all we do in this crazy thing we call mamahood. So if you're looking for a place to get inspired about discipling your kids, get some actual tools to do so, and to make your journey as a mama that little bit simpler, you've come to the right place. I'm Deb and I can't wait to journey with you as we unpack our missions as mamas together. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you so much for meeting with me, um, talking about discipling your kids. It's such an honor and I've been watching you on Instagram for ages and I just love what I'm seeing. And I think the listeners could really learn a thing or two from you. <laughs> oh, thanks so much. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Um, I guess to crack into it, are you able to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes, I can. So, well, I am married for, oh, I just realized my anniversary is <laughs> coming up. <laughs> um, I think 17 years. Wow. Uh, yeah, it should be 17 years coming up. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it's kind of between 15 and 20. Oh, uh, so yeah. A while. <laughs> yeah. I'll double check that before my anniversary. Um, <laughs> and we have three boys. They're currently seven, 10 and 12. And I'm currently homeschooling them. Uh, they haven't always been homeschooled. So that will, we'll talk about that a little bit later and how that, yeah. impacts, you know, or whether or not that impacts discipleship. Yeah. My husband works for the public school board. So he's fully in public school land and now I'm in homeschool land. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I used to be the children's ministry director at my church. So for the majority of about 12 years, I worked there just part-time a couple of days a week and then every Sunday. And then a few years ago, I stopped working there and I realized I really wanted to go right to parents as the primary disciplers of their kids instead of like, it's great to go to parents. Kids ministry has its place and it's wonderful, but I really felt the need to pour into parents a little bit more. So that's what I'm doing now. Oh, that is so awesome. I love that. And I totally relate with the anniversary thing. Yeah. I'm. <laughs> yeah. It really helps getting married around the same time as other people. And then they can put up on social media how many years it's been in that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You were married in the same year as me. So, okay. I remember now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. Um, I guess, can we, I'm super intrigued. Like if, um, can we unpack what you mentioned just before about, um, homeschooling your sons and how they initially weren't homeschooled is it to do with discipleship for you or is it to do with the pandemic or a bit of both or actually it was I mean they kind of both were pros of homeschooling but I started this will be our third year now so we actually started homeschooling about six months before the pandemic okay 
and I just started homeschooling the two older ones. It was just something we kind of wanted to try. They yeah. had been in, we'd already been in two schools and they were fine. There was nothing really wrong with either of them, but I just kind of felt like for a long time, like God kind of wanted me to do this. And I was kind of digging in my heels and thought I'm working. I can't, but then I wasn't working anymore. <laughs> so yeah, then, like, Oh, I have no excuse anymore. <laughs> so we started about six months before. And I mean, I can't lie. My part of that was that I was excited to be able to spend a little bit more time, you know, talking about the Bible and reading it with my kids, but we were already doing all of these things before we started homeschooling. Cause I believe that you don't need to homeschool in order to disciple your kids. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. Okay. Cause that's where we're at at the moment. Um, my daughter's five And in New Zealand, they don't legally have to start school until they're six. So I don't have to um, apply for an exemption or anything until six. And we're coming up, uh, our school term starts in February. So that's our summer. Right. So it's quite easy to remember. It's just the whole year and end of the year is the end of the school year. Um, So, yeah, we just, I'm just a bit on the fence about what to do because being an only child, she is super into being with other people and mm-hmm. wants to do something every day, all the time. And yeah, the only reason I'm discipling is because God told me to. Mm-hmm. And I'm a trained teacher. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty simple, really. But it's still something I'm kind of like, oh, next year, is this something that I pursue again? So, yeah, we're, hmm. we're in develop, like we're in the stages of having those tricky conversations, like me and God about what, what to do next year. Hmm. <laughs> well, and it's not something you have to decide once for the rest of the, her life either. You can 100%. take it year by year. Yeah, which is the beauty of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can change it. Anyway. Yeah, you're so right. Um, Can you unpack your journey that led you to where you are today with believing that every Christian mum can confidently nurture deep faith roots in her kids through tiny habits that add up over time? Absolutely. So I mentioned that I was working at the church. I started that before I had my own kids a few years before. So I kind of already had this idea of, you know, discipleship, but not necessarily in the home. I didn't realize it was even a thing, really. It didn't even occur to me until I had my own kids. So when my kids were little, I really wanted to disciple them. I wanted to nurture deep faith roots in their lives, but I just couldn't find the right tools. So for a while we did okay because I was crafting these take-home pages for the families at our church. And so I was using them at home and it worked well, but then those were for preschoolers. And when my oldest outgrew those, I was like, I don't know what to do now. And then I had a, a like a two-year-old who was super squirmy and then this four-year-old and this seven-year-old, like it, it just, it really threw me off. Like they were all in such vastly different stages and I didn't know what to do. And so I flittered from, you know, I tried this creative idea for a couple of days and then I'd get a new devotional book. And then I try this other thing and I never got past like day five of a devotional book. (laughs) None of them worked properly. And I couldn't remember to pray for my kids at night. And I just really felt like, oh, I can't even do this with my own kids. Like, (laughs) how can I be a children's ministry leader? To be honest, deep down, part of me wanted my husband to just kind of take over and do it. So I wouldn't have to figure it out. But I realized that God didn't want me to abdicate my role as a spiritual leader in their lives. This was something he wanted me to do. 
So little by little, I just kind of began to recognize the power of tiny little habits in our lives. So I'd previously taught the habit of praying a scriptural blessing over your kids to families at our church. And I started teaching this before my kids were born because it was part of a curriculum that I was teaching. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that with my kids. And then several years in, I started getting stories back from families about these big changes that were happening in their lives as a result of this tiny little habit. I started noticing things in our life about uh, since we were doing this little habit every night. And I thought, what is going on here? What this thing only takes 20 seconds a night. Why does it have such an impact? And then I read a book called the power of habit. And I discovered why this blessing is so powerful. It's something called a keystone habit and keystone habits are really tiny. Like, have you heard of a linchpin? Like a linchpin is the thing that like, if you take it out, everything kind of falls apart Oh, yep. or when, or it's like kind of the beginning or like the cornerstone. Like it's just like yeah. one little thing that makes a really <laughs> big difference. And so I started reading more about habit formation. I read the power of habits book and I read another one about um, tiny habits And I realized how transformative these little tiny habits were already being in our lives. And so I started applying habit formation theory to my life (laughs) and it worked. Wow. (laughs) Um, It was really cool. It's kind of a scientific approach. I actually have a, like a science background. I have a biology degree from the university. So it's kind of the way my mind thinks. Like I never really used my biology degree, but I still think and like, let's experiment on my children. <laughs> and on my family. So I discovered that these, you know, these little faith habits are really the best tools for growing deep faith roots in my family. And for a lot of other people too, because um, discipleship can feel really intimidating to people who don't have a educational background. Maybe if you're working a lot and you're not with your kids a lot, it can feel super intimidating or, you know, if you don't have a you know, theological background either. Right. Yeah. There are lots of reasons we can say, I am not the right person for the job. Yes. But when you start with tiny habits, you grow along with your kids and you are the right person for the job. God made you that mom, <laughs> that child's mom. So you were the right person for the job. And when you start little, it feels less intimidating. It feels doable. It feels sustainable and it can grow into something really big and beautiful in your life. I love that. Going back to what you were saying with um, how you started with kids ministry and you were teaching praying scripture. Was that what you were saying? Mm -hmm. And so can you just unpack that a little bit? Is that just simply taking a scripture and just speaking that over your children? Yeah, I know. It's so simple. Like when I first was like teaching it from the curriculum. They had it as pretty simple. It was just, you know, praying the numbers blessing over your children. Like may the Lord bless you and keep you may make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May turn his face towards you and give you peace. That's really all they talked about was just doing that. And, um, and then over the years, I've kind of expanded that as I've talked to other families and realized there's other blessings that you can pray over your children. Like so many, like things that we want to partner with God with and see in our children's lives. Right. So I've prayed. Joshua 1 9, you may be strong and courageous, for you know that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Or do not be anxious about anything, but through everything, through prayer and petition, may you bring your request to God. And may the peace of God transcend all understanding, or that transcends all understanding, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Like there are so many um, blessings just straight from scripture that we can pray over them. And just even just doing the same one every night. Um, like it's crazy. I've been like studying the effects of this and just from the stories that I've heard, I've heard of kids 
well, I've seen my children decreasing in anxiety as I prayed the one about peace over them every night. My son who was in kindergarten screamed every morning. Um, I started praying that one over him around April. And a couple months later, I was thinking, Hey, you're not like screaming in the morning anymore. And I could trace it back and realize that he stopped about the time that I started praying this verse about anxiety with him. Wow. And I have heard from parents that their kids stop having nightmares. Their kids go to sleep better. They're, you know, waking up happier in the mornings. I mean, it's not like a magic wand or anything, (laughs) but there are things that God does from this tiny little habit. It's that are completely outsized compared to the amount of time that it takes to do that in your night. It's incredible. Um, I have a friend whose children, uh, whose child was adopted. Um, and he, when he was born, he was born like addicted to drugs and his mom had been drinking when he was in, in vitro. Mm. And, and so lots of kind of sad things there. And so lots of brain damage and sweet, super sweet kid, but they, she was told that he would never be able to memorize things like scripture. Like that's yeah. just, it wasn't things that was going to stick into his brain. And beyond that, he wasn't going to be able to apply things like that. But she discovered one day that he had, because she'd been praying this verse over him over and over and over again, he'd memorized it. Wow. And not only had he memorized it, but one day his little sister was feeling scared and he was like preaching this verse at her. He was using it in context to help his little sister. That is awesome. I know. <laughs> Pretty incredible. That is so cool. I love that. With the tiny habits thing, would you, you know, you, you do it consistently. Is that something you do until you like, you feel like you've mastered it and then you move on to something else or would you just kind of keep doing that and then slip something else in there as well? Is, is that how you would do it? Uh, I think you can do it either way. I would, you know, just keep talking to God about it and <laughs> see what, what needs to happen. But for that, that's just something that I'm just going to be doing for the rest of my life with my kids, but it does create kind of space in your life for other things. So for example, I had somebody email me and she said, we tried to do a devotional for a long time at night and it just wasn't happening. So instead of, you know, reading this, you know, five minute devotion, we decided to start doing this prayer, this blessing thing for, you Mm -hmm. know, it takes 20 seconds a night. And she said, you know, after a little while of that, we decided we'd try to add the devotional to it. And lo and behold, they were able to stick with it. Wow. Because they already had this other thing in place in their life, which only yeah. took 20 seconds. It was like a, a cracked open the door, right? Yeah. And then they were able to open that door a little bit more with that devotional. And because they had already had that crack, it was able to, the door was able to stay open for the devotional. So they had finished the whole book and they were on to their second book. Uh, it was pretty incredible. So she was, you know, expanding on it. That's so such a good you, idea. You can keep it with just a little tiny thing or you can expand on it. I, I keep it as a little thing and expand on it when I can. Yeah. Or try to expand on and then, but just remembering that the little thing is all that's expected for me. So for example, <laughs> this is kind of a weird example. If you read any of these habit formation books, they probably have the exact same example. And I thought it was so weird that I had to try it myself. Uh, flossing teeth. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you heard this example? So um, like where in, 
my dentist has been telling me to floss my teeth for years, right? For like yeah. 38 years, my dentist was like, floss your teeth, Christy. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, got a few cavities along the way, but neither the pain of the cavities or the nagging of my dentist made me floss my teeth. Yeah. So I read yeah. in this book that this, he had started by flossing one tooth. He would finish with his, you know, brushing his teeth and then he would floss one tooth. And I thought that is so weird. I'm going to try that. <laughs> so you, I did it. I flossed one tooth for like a week. And then I tried the same thing he did where he basically told himself extra credit if you floss more than one tooth, but you only have to floss one tooth. So you floss a tooth and you think, oh, well, I'm here. Might as well floss some more. A year later, I have flossed my teeth two times a day, every single day for the last year and a bit. Wow. Just oh because, and, and sometimes I still just floss one tooth. Sometimes I'm in a hurry and I really just don't want to floss my teeth. And I'm like, no, nope, I'm flossing one tooth and done. <laughs> oh, I love that. But it's the same kind of thing. Like it kind of cracks open the door, right? Like, okay, yeah. I can floss a tooth. That's going to take me two seconds. Sure. It's not going to make me late. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So it's that same kind of idea that these tiny little habits kind of crack open the door for something bigger. And sometimes it just remains cracked for a long time. Yeah. I read something the other day where this woman wanted to start doing yoga in the mornings and she just couldn't, she couldn't even do five minutes of yoga in the mornings. It just <laughs> didn't work out. So she real decided that she was going to do like one, I don't know. I don't do yoga, so I don't know. The thing. <laughs> Any I think it's the one where you stick your butt in the air. I don't know. <laughs> A down dog or something. She was going to do one of those and that was it. And she did that for like 13 months. And one day she realized, Hey, I'm a bit more flexible, <laughs> but she only did that one thing for over a year every day. Oh, that's what it's about. I think we just have this all or nothing mentality, don't we? Mm, we exactly. And I think that's what some parents think when they disciple their kids. They've got to do this, 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 and this, and this. And it just seems way too intense. So then they think, you know what? Flag it. I'm just going to let the church take care of it or someone else take care of it. And yeah. it doesn't really work like that, does it? No, exactly. And it does, certainly it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Of course not. Um, I, I understand that feeling, right? We want to make big goals for ourselves. And yeah. sure we want to do family worship times and stuff. And there's nothing wrong with having those as like ultimate goals. But yeah, we can take really little steps in order to get there because otherwise it's just not sustainable. You can't stick with it. Then there's no point in doing those big things yeah a hundred percent agree okay I'm, uh, maybe I should be trying the floss thing so <laughs> you <ain't gonna> look. <laughs> you've inspired me <laughs> 38 years old and I finally learned to floss <laughs> I was thinking when you were giving the explanation like um all the nagging and this and I was thinking oh gosh even the bell like the dentistry bell sometimes after I get that bell and I'm like come on Deb you know you've got to <laughs> Got to start doing this and yet still no. So, yep. Okay. I'm going to try that. <laughs> one tooth. That's all you got to do. One tooth. Okay. Just, you even make it a different tooth every time. That's still more flossing than you were doing before, right? Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. <laughs> um, You've been really open about you wanting your husband to take the teaching role, which I totally do not blame you, but you found that this was God's calling for you. How did you cope with that? And can you describe the process of acknowledging the calling to working it out? Hmm. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, we all grow up with, well, I mean, my, by we all, I mean, probably 
at least most North American Christians grew up with this idea that, you know, the husband is supposed to be the spiritual leader yeah. of the home. That's what we read in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of this idea that I grew up with. And if I was going to marry anybody, he was going to be a strong Christian and he was going to be the leader of our home. Yeah. So I met my husband at a Christian club at school and we had lots of great conversations and he was a Christian and <laughs> everything was good. And then about a year into our marriage, we sat down and he was like, you know, I'm not really sure about all this faith stuff. And, you know, I'm holding on to it a bit because I can see that it's, you know, kind of working for you and that gives me hope, but there's a lot of things that I'm questioning right now. And that really threw me off. Oh, that would throw me too. Yeah. And so, you know, for several years, I did a lot of things that I'm sure that a lot of other wives would do. You know, I pulled out the Bible from under the bed and blew it off. So, <laughs> so it looked less dusty, left it close to the edge. I, I would ask him to pray with the kids. I would pass him a Bible and ask him to read it out loud. I would say, do you want to read this devotional with me? And just kind of kept like nagging and yeah. probably annoying him. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and honestly, it didn't work. I mean, I don't think that those kind of things ever no. work, right? His questions grew deeper and I ended up just not talking to him about those things of faith anymore because it just felt weird so one day I some of us at church so I'm on church staff at the time right yeah <laughs> um, we we're having a conversation about spiritual leadership in the home and I had this little epiphany where I realized I'd made an idol out of the perfect husband that you know the husband that would lead me in our family and bible study and prayer and I was really worshiping the idea of a stereotypical spiritual leader yeah. Instead of worshiping God, <laughs> I was like, oh, ouch. You know, I had really tried to change my husband instead of just learning to be like Christ and share him with others. That's what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, we are not called to change people. That's God's job. He changes yeah. hearts. So, and I also had this really powerful prayer moment at one point where I really realized that, you know, Jesus is holding my husband close. I didn't need to try to change him. Jesus was doing the work in his heart. And I know that he's, He's still following God, right? It doesn't yeah. look the way that I do. And I don't, um, so he's not going to be like, all right, children, let's read the Bible together because that's yeah. not who he is. You know, when my kids get to be teenagers. He's going to have some awesome conversations with them and he's going to be open to their questions. Yeah. Um, but he's not like a little kid teacher, right? Anyway, one day we were having this conversation about spiritual leadership in the home and I was, I was frustrated and not really with him. I was just saying, you know, like I'm getting this message from the Christian culture and that I, as my kid's mom, I'm not supposed to be a leader in my home. And he's like, why not? You know how to teach kids. So why wouldn't you teach our kids? <laughs> and he's like, just flabbergasted. Like, why are you feeling like this? Like, just do it lady. <laughs> yeah. I can totally and, see his logic. Yeah. So, you know, I was the one spending most of the time with the kids and good with kids and it was important to me. So why wouldn't I fulfill that role? So instead of trying to play like hot potato, did you ever play that game where you yeah. like pass a hot potato toy around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to play that with discipleship. Like, oh no, this is your job. This is your job. So yeah. finally I was just like, oh, okay, this is my job. So I realized that God had put me in this place for a reason. I didn't have to try to force my husband to be a spiritual leader in like a traditional sense, you know, but I realized that there's a lot of ways that he is leading our family. And like, he is a definitely a man of integrity. He's a great role model for our boys, like fabulous. If 
we crank out three boys that are just like him, I'll be happy. (laughs) So cool. And, you know, also leadership is putting the right person in the right position. Yeah. And so he was doing that too, by just saying like, go do this. You're good at this and you want to do this. So do it. Yeah. (laughs) So that's sometimes we think of spiritual leadership just in one way. And, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know if he would consider himself a spiritual leader, but I would say like, he's showing leadership by freeing me to do what God wants me to do. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. How you were listening to the Holy spirit, just, Mm -hmm. you know, we get those gentle nudges and yeah, you just went with it. And Mm -hmm. that's so true. I've done the whole like subtle nagging thing as well. And it's not effective. And eventually I just got pushed back. Like, um, why are you trying to make like, this is, I do things in a different way. You do Mm -hmm. things your way. And, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to explain, but eventually over time, we've kind of, we, we sometimes go off on different paths, but we kind of merging into the one. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I do predominantly a lot of the discipling with Kenzie at the moment, our daughter, because, I'm homeschooling her. So we do, that's part of our curriculum. I, I, that's a real important part of my teaching with her. But then we include it at nighttime as well, like just a bit of Bible reading. And sometimes my husband will get up, his, get out the word or whatever. But it's, yeah, it's just gradually progressed because, yeah, that subtle nagging was not effective. No, <laughs> we could just say that as like the, you know, underlying point of this conversation. Subtle nagging is not effective. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and it's so true as well. I love, I love what you said about leadership, like good leadership is putting the right people in the right place. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, oh, I love that. I really love that. Are you able to let us know what you mean by Oh, so you really have unpacked tiny habits because that was my next question. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you give us a few, like you've given us an example about praying scripture. Can you give us a few other examples about how you use tiny habits, like in a maybe more discipleship way with the kids? Sure. I, you can also use tiny habits to build on discipleship things that you're already doing. So for example, I had finally been able to create the habit of reading the Bible with my kids in the morning. It was something I wanted to do for a long time. And then finally I had to make it really small. I I found like the shortest devotional book, like with the shortest devotions that I could find. It's called (laughs) thoughts to make your heart sing by Sally Lloyd Jones. And I really love it, but it takes like 30 seconds to read. Right. And I, I bought like painted this big plate and I stuck it in the middle of the table with the book on it so that I wouldn't forget about it. Uh, And then because it was so short, it was, I was okay sitting down and reading at a breakfast time instead of, you know, doing the dishes or something. Yeah. And because it was sitting on the table in front of my kids, they were like, Hey, are you going to read that now, mom? <laughs> so oh, that's they, really good. That's a great okay. idea. So then, okay. So that was mm, several years ago. So that was back when my, you know, I had a toddler and I had two kids that were in school that had to get to school in the mornings. So that's why I said like, being a homeschool parent now, it might be a little different, but this can still be done with kids. You know, if you're working or your kids are in school, still totally possible. Yeah. So what I, uh, we did expand on it a bit though, when I started homeschooling. So then I started reading from the like actual Bible (laughs) with my kids, like not just a devotional book. That was just something that kind of naturally progressed to, they were ready for that. And I was always opening the Bible and reading it to them. And I was 
frustrated and thinking like at some point they need to be able to read the Bible on their own. So how do I get there? And I was praying about it and I felt God saying like, like, could they look it up with you? Like, could you just give them each their own Bible? So it only takes, you know, 30 extra seconds. Yeah. But they each, they each have a Bible in the kitchen. And when I say, okay, we're going to read Matthew one, seven or whatever. Oh, that's the middle of the begats. So anyway, (laughs) whatever we're reading, I help them find it too. Or the older ones can now find those things on their own. Yeah. And then I help the little one find it and then they open it and then they read along with me. So now they are able to find things in the Bible. Um, and I haven't really added that much to what we're doing. Yeah. It takes 30 extra seconds <laughs> just yeah. for them to grab their Bibles and open them up and find, well, sometimes a little longer, depending on what we're reading, but it doesn't take that much longer. So that was just kind of a, a little habit that I added just to help deepen what we're already doing. So instead of thinking, okay, now suddenly my kids have to be doing these workbooks and, you know, doing all their own Bible studies. I didn't jump them to that. I just took the tiny little step of saying, okay, now you're going to open your own Bible and read with me. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, worked really good. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then you can keep going like that, right? Like, can you say, okay, God, now what's the next little step? Ultimately the goal is that I want my kids to be reading the Bible on their own. Um, so what's the next little thing? So then I realized, oh, I need to help them understand the way the Bible is laid out. So then we started watching these what's in the Bible videos in the mornings for a little yeah. while. There was, I don't know if you've heard of those, the Phil Vischer ones. No, they're to look those up. They're really good. They're he just, it's the guy who made veggie tales. Oh, yep. Yeah. So he has a series called what's in the Bible and he goes through the entire Bible and he explains context and he explains what's in that Bible section. And it's fabulously well done and very funny. (laughs) My kids like really enjoyed watching them. So, so then that was kind of the little, the little thing that we did next. Then we learned about, you know, how the whole Bible fits together. So I think maybe the next thing will be actually learning the books of the Bible in order so that they can find them easier. Yeah. That's such a good idea. I really love that. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of a slow, like, what do my kids need? It's not based on a book that's telling me you have to do things in this order, or you have to do these particular things. It's just, okay, God, what do my kids need next? Yeah. And then figure out how to integrate that in a sustainable way. And then you move on to the next thing once you've got that. (laughs) Yeah. It's all about involving the Holy Spirit in this whole process, isn't it? Because a lot of the time we do want that checklist and okay, I can feel like a good mom or a good Christian because I've ticked that off the list Uh and (laughs) half the time it's, it may be a little bit harder, but it's so much more rewarding actually than the Holy Spirit say, Hey, this is actually what is best for your child because Mm -hmm. I know your child a lot better than you do. And let's try that. And yeah, so much more effective. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be like complicated. It can still, if you like checking things off, you can still check things off. Oh, we read the Bible this morning. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. God made that part of us too. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely made that part of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, before, You touched on this briefly, but before your revelation about tiny habits, what did discipling your children look like and what does it look like now? Uh Before that, yeah, I mean, we were doing some stuff in the evenings. That was probably about it. And then I'd been really trying to do something in the mornings and it wasn't working. I maybe once a week 
And then I just kind of, I felt a lot of guilt over that. Yeah. Um, and I know that God doesn't want us to live in that guilt, but I, sometimes I realize that sense of guilt also can kind of bring me to be like, okay, God, is there something here that you do want me to be doing? Like, can I take away a little bit of this? It's almost like a little, like if somebody criticizes you, sometimes you need to think like, is there a nugget of truth in this? Yeah. So my guilt, I thought, you know, is there a nugget of truth in this? Maybe I need to be pushing a little harder. Um, God, what do you want me to do? And so then now, so what it looks like in our family now is most mornings, not every morning, sometimes if we're in a rush, we yeah, <laughs> quite work out. Right. But I would say like most mornings we read a, some of the Bible together. So I have some, I have a membership site and we like study, like we have like Bible studies that we do and they take like five minutes if you want it to be fast or you can expand on it. So it takes between anywhere between five minutes and 25 minutes. If I do the extra activities um, where we'll read a bit of the Bible with them, we have a discussion, we pray. Sometimes we have a little activity. If I don't have time for the activity, nope, we don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But um, so we do that. And then, you know, there's like little conversations peppered in throughout the day, right? Like today, my son and I were talking about like, what, ha- what would have happened if Jesus had come in a wo- as a woman? <laughs> That's a good question. Super interesting conversation about like, you know, Jesus as a man laying down his power and like how that was like God laying down his power, like an ultimate power laying down moment. Oh, anyway. And, you know, and as if he had come as a woman, there would have been less power to lay down, would have been less dramatic. And anyway, super interesting. (laughs) Um, Very interesting conversation. 12 year olds are kind of cool. Uh, and then in the evenings, then I do something individually with each of them. So my, with my youngest, I'm reading a, like a storybook Bible with him before we go to bed and we pray. And then I praise blessing over him mm-hmm. and in the same thing. So the, with the oldest, I'm helping him now read the Bible on his own. So he reads the Bible. He reads something he's in first Corinthians right now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And then he, I gave him a journal to write down something. I said, just write a question for God, write down something you learned, write down a prayer, just write down something little. And that's working really good with him. And then I come upstairs and he shares with me what he thought of or questioned about. So it's kind of a little reward for him. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. It, It took a while to create that. And I created that habit through the little habits idea So we connected it to teeth brushing. So as soon as you're done brushing your teeth, you go and read the Bible. That hasn't always worked. Now it's, are you ready for me? And that's his cue. Yeah. (laughs) We are going to read the Bible. So he does that. And then I added the journal thing about a month later. And then as a reward, then he gets to sit with me. I get to stay in his room for like five, 10 minutes. Otherwise it's just a quick, you know, prayer blessing. Good night. Yeah. So if he wants to have a longer conversation with me, he knows what he needs to do. That is so cool because usually you say, were you saying he was 12? Yeah. Yeah. That's that really important age where, you know, boys, especially, you know, sometimes we, we want to have those conversations with them, but you really do have to be intentional about making that time, don't you? And you've really done that. Like you've let the, the door's wide open and one night he might not want to talk that much about what he's read and another night he may not even want to talk about what he's read but may want to talk about something completely different mm. but mm. that's so awesome I yeah. love that habit it's been pretty cool and 
So I don't know if you know this, but I have a mother son prayer journal. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was actually part, part of helping me create that because that kind of got him prayer journaling a little bit, which was kind of fun for both of us. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. And what do you, so you've done the youngest and the oldest and what do you do with the middle child? Oh yeah. So the middle I'm reading, um, indescribable, that's just a, like a devotion, science-based devotional with him. And it would, oh yeah, I've heard of that one. I've done different stuff with him. I try to find stuff for each kid that connects with them. I'm, I'm praying about when it'll be a good time for him to start reading the Bible on his own. I don't think it's, he's ready for that yet. I think at this point it would feel like he would be grumpy about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want him to be grumpy about it. Yeah. So I'm kind of waiting for the right moment to start helping him create that habit. So for right now, it's just, you know, we're reading a devotional and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What what's the next question? <laughs> Why do you think it's important for us as mums to actually disciple our kids? Good question. <laughs> a loaded well, question. I would say that no matter what we're doing, we're discipling our kids in something. So true. So, uh, you know what? For if I never talk about God or I never pray in front of my kids, I'm teaching that my kids that even if I say there is a God, He's not relevant to my life. So we are communicating mm. something no matter what. Yeah. So you know. It might not even be about God. Like, for example, our our house is really interested in science. So my kids are interested in science because I'm interested in science. So I'm kind of deciding my kids in science. Yeah. (laughs) Just because of that's who I am, right? So so no matter what, who we are, we're kind of kind of be sharing that with our kids anyway. So um, we want to be intentional about what messages that we're sharing with our kids. That's what discipleship is, just being intentional about. Oh, what do I want to share with my kids? Do, do I want to share with them that God is real and relevant to my life? Well, then I should probably pray with them. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and remind them that, you know, like we prayed about that thing. We were praying about our, their aunt and her, we really wanted her to get a dog because she was living alone and she needed company and she got a dog. And so that's a huge answer to prayer for them to be able to see that God cared about their aunt, you know, and helped yeah. her find a dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, So, and here's something interesting that I've been kind of mulling over in my mind for a long time. If you go back in the old Testament, the Israelite men were prohibited from marrying women who were not Israelite. Uh, There's nothing in there saying an Israelite woman cannot marry a pagan man, but uh, the men were not allowed to marry outsider women. You Mm -hmm. could not marry a Moabite or a Canaanite or like any of those ites. Yeah. (laughs) Except Israelite. Yeah. Israelite was the only one allowed. And I was got to thinking about that and doing a little research on it. And it's because the women create the culture in the home. Yeah. And so if your wife, especially, you know, at that time and for most of history, wives were the ones that were at home with the children all the time. So if your wife was worshiping the moon God, your children would be worshiping the moon God. So true. If your wife was worshiping Yahweh, your children would be worshiping Yahweh. So the yeah. wife had huge, huge implications or huge um, effect Role. on their children's, yeah. whether they were boys or girls, it didn't matter the, because the mom was creating the culture in the home. Who she was worshiping was who her kids were worshiping. And I think it's still like that. I mean, I, even though, you know, we're out in the world and we're working and our kids are at school, 
as moms, we still have huge effect on the culture in our home. I mean, you've heard people say happy wife, happy life, right? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Because mom creates the culture in the home for, I mean, obviously dads have an impact too, and they're huge in our children's spiritual lives. But like I said, we're going to be discipling our kids about something. So let's be intentional about what we want to share with them. Yeah. hundred percent. I completely agree. (laughs) Um, what would a normal day look like for you and your family now? Like now that you're homeschooling the boys, what is Mm -hmm. a normal day looking like for you guys? Well, I kind of shared a bit about most, most of it already. Like we, you know, we'll read the Bible in the mornings at breakfast and then talk about it and pray about it and then kind of move on with the rest of our curriculum for the day. And, you know, conversations come up as they go. And then at nighttime, then again, we. You do your thing. Separate age appropriate, more age appropriate conversations with them. Right. Instead of group. Yeah, I completely agree. So before the boys were homeschooled, Obviously, mornings are pretty hectic getting kids out the door for school. So you mm-hmm. pre- um, did you have a period of time where you weren't homeschooling the boys, but you were working on the tiny habits kind of thing? I, w- I didn't hadn't I discovered tiny habits yet, but I had discovered habits. And that's how I ended up, you know, being able to finally read devotions, with, do, like read the Bible yes. with my kids in the morning. I had wanted to do that for a very long time and I could just couldn't figure out how to do it. I was like, do I have to get up earlier? Do I have to like set a timer? What do I need to do here? And yeah. so I discovered, I guess if your readers are, or your listeners are not watching, it's called the, this power of habit book. And it talks about okay. the different elements of a habit. So there's uh, a cue, which is something that like triggers your brain into the habit. Mm-hmm. And then there's the actual habit routine. And then there's a reward at the end. And so you can use that to create a habit for yourself. So the cue for me was seeing this devotional book on this plate that I had painted because I was sitting on the table, right? So that was my cue and also my kid's cue. And then the routine was, (laughs) mommy, let's read that now. So I would sit down (laughs) and I would then read the short thing and then I would close it. And that was it. (laughs) And then the reward was, yes, I did it. God, yeah. thank you. The reward was just this good feeling like oh, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> <forget> today. Uh, <laughs> or you can give yourself a real reward, like high five kids or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was able to kind of use that. It's, it's brain science. It's like psychology using psychology to increase our faith. Yeah. It's kind of fun. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to the mom? That says, that's great that you feel called to do this, but I don't see myself doing this or this is, this is not going to work for my family. Hmm. Well, I mean, it depends on if it's a matter of thinking that you're just too busy or thinking, I don't want to do this, right? If, is it an attitude of the heart or is, yeah. this, is it a state of your life? If it's an attitude of the heart, you feel like somebody's telling you you should do this, but you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I've convinced you that it's important. Um, I would just say, pray about it. You know, there are lots of times when I don't want to read the Bible. Yeah. I like, God, help me want you like help fill me with a thirst and a hunger for you. And he does, of course, he's going to answer that with an affirmative. Yes, of course I'll answer that prayer. Yeah. So if you say, God, I really want to figure out a way, no, God, I really want to want this. (laughs) He's going to help you want it. 
So that's, you know, if it's like a heart thing for you, like, I don't want to do this. Um, I was going to share, you know, like many years ago, I taught piano and many students would come to their weekly lesson and they would go home and they would practice every day. So those kids would improve over time. They would change, they would grow. Um, and then there was a few students that came to their weekly lesson and then they didn't do anything at all during the week. Lessons were frustrating for both of us because they didn't improve. They ended up doing the same songs over and over. So they'd be still invited to lessons and to recitals, but they didn't actually get any better. And it's kind of the same thing that happens. We take our kids to church on Sunday. It's like just going to a lesson. If you don't practice your faith during the week, nothing much is going to change in your heart and in your life. Like if you're not giving the Holy Spirit access to you during the week, he can't do much in an hour a week. I mean, he can, I mean, he's yeah, right. But yeah, I hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we're helping our kids practice during the week. If we don't want to, then like I said, that's a matter of our hearts. Right. And we just need to say, God, like, I don't want this. Make me want it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if it's a matter of just feeling like it, it can't work for your family, well, I'll give you my same answer again. I pray about it, right? And just say, God, I really want to do this, but I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. And so one of the things that I have on my website is, uh, it's called the Start Little Guide. And if you download it, you can see all kinds of little tiny habits that you could start. Like as soon as you click your seatbelt in, in the car on the way to school, you turn on the Christian radio station. Yeah. That's easy. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Or, you know, you leave your Bible on the table and you open it and you read one verse from a Psalm one verse. Yeah. You do that. Right. Or you pray this biblical blessing over your child at bedtime. So I have a whole bunch of examples of different things that you could do for worship, prayer, Bible reading that will just kind of get you started and you can fit them into your life. Everybody has time for things like that. I think like if you don't have time for something 20 seconds in your day, it's not, it's not that you don't have time. It's that you're using your time for something else. (laughs) It's a priority thing, right? Not a time thing. Yeah. So, and sometimes we just need to hear that. Like, yeah, you actually, we do actually do have time. I have, I have time for other things too. Like I, (laughs) on the days when I think I don't have time to read the Bible, of course I have time. I'm just choosing not to prioritize that. (laughs) Yeah. I completely agree. (laughs) Um, yeah, anyway, so we can start small, right? I don't, I don't say that. Sorry. Uh, that probably came across like kind of judgmental. I'm not like, I'm no, like, I, I get what right. you're saying. Like if, if I'm saying I don't have time for something, it's not so much that I don't have time it's that I have other things that I want to do instead. Oh, I don't have time to take the dog for a walk. I'd rather be watching that TV show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or doing the dishes or making lunches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a matter of where we put our time. Right. Yeah. But, but it it becomes easier if we start with the small habits, then it doesn't feel like such a big deal. Yeah. Like I said, it just kind of cracks that door open and allows God to do cool things in our lives. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. I've got so much from this conversation (laughs) and (laughs) tiny habits. I mean, yeah, I've got all these ideas (laughs) and I'm definitely going to download that like, you know, how you were talking about, um, yeah, little things that you can do that trigger an idea for something else, like totally mm-hmm. going to do that. Um, could you tell everyone who's listening where they can find you? Sure. Uh, 
the best place is just to go to your computer or your phone <laughs> and look up <clears throat> littleshootsdeeproots.com. So if you go there, you'll see on the front page, you'll um, see the download that I was talking about that has the different simple, like the little habits ideas. And it also talks about like how to actually implement these in our lives. Um, like what some simple steps that you can take. Uh, and if you're interested in my social media, like Instagram, yeah. or Facebook, you can find those links on the website too. Oh, that is awesome. Thank you so much. I think, yeah, definitely you got to check it out. <laughs> well, thanks. That's great. <laughs> I look forward to connecting with some of you guys. That does it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to Mama's Mission. And if you like what you heard, it would be awesome if you gave us a review. Catch you next week.